Welcome to Revival Town Podcast. Chuck Day here. That's Andy King. Hey, Chuck. How are you? I am ready for Christmas. How are you? Oh, man. The countdown is on. The countdown is on. This is my favorite time of year. You know, we're about a fortnight away from Christmas. <laughs> oh, oh, I saw what you did there. Oh, man. <laughs> Go oh. on. You're rubbing up on me, mate. <laughs> did you like this song, by the way? Jingle Bells? Yeah, Jingle So, crazy story about this this song, Jingle Bells, that everybody in the world knows. I wear hearing aids. Yeah. And a few weeks ago, we were watching a Christmas movie on Hallmark, because, you know, we watch them year-round. <laughs> year-round. In my house. And um, <laughs> for my birthday, someone in the church gave me a t-shirt that says Hallmark Movie Hero. And, oh, um, come on. Yeah. yeah Serious, for real. Can't make this up. But my family, we just love them. I mean, they're all the same, but we love them anyway. And I uh, was watching this Christmas movie with my family and uh, my wife and my mother-in-law and my daughter. Uh, my son doesn't watch him with us, but that's cool. I'm actually kind of happy about that. Yeah, yeah. You know, he's 13 <laughs> and he's you know, out playing <laughs> Xbox. Um, but we're watching and Jingle Bells was on. And when I'm watching TV, I use closed caption. Yeah. And everything just so I can you know make sure I hear I read lips and watch closed caption and and I noticed something that I've never noticed before <laughs> <laughs> the song Jingle Bells where it says one horse slope and sleigh my entire life I always sang the lyrics as one horse slope and sleigh <laughs> I never even really knew what it was just one horse slope and sleigh and um, not one horse slope and sleigh I was like boom mind blown. <laughs> And, and my family just looked at me as if I was a lunatic. My wife lost it. Everybody's laughing at me. And I, oh. I mean, I was almost tempted to lie and say, oh, I'm just kidding. I know. It's one horse. But I had no clue, man. No clue at all. No clue. You know, um, you mentioned something. Hallmark. I, I know I can see a tear coming yes. down your cheek right now. Man. You are like a man. fanatical. You know, I'm, I'm back in Vermont, and I'm on the on the horse farm for Christmas. <laughs> no, um, yeah, I am. I'm into it. But hey, you are too, kind of. I mean, we, I am. We, I, we, our families have gotten together and watched a Hallmark. Yeah, movie. yeah. I mean, I am more of a um, the, Hallmark mystery, murder mystery, murder mystery channel. Yeah. Like some of the Christmas movies can get a little cheesy, yeah. but I know you like cheese. I like that. <laughs> My name is Jackie Cheese. <laughs> Oh, uh, uh, what has my wife done to me? Uh, guys in my, don't my, blame your wife. Oh, okay. <laughs> I know. I gave up my man card a long time ago. <laughs> oh, man. So, uh, you know, obviously, uh, this time of year, we love it, right? I mean, yeah. um, not just for things that happen around the church, but also throughout the community. There's so much going on. And obviously, this year is looking a lot different. And... We Welcome mentioned a COVID Christmas. Golden Next Christmas. Hallmark Channel. <laughs> <laughs> well, the thing is, this year, you know, um, we, we talk about Hallmark, and 
there's a lot more people that are going to be tuning into. <laughs> you're about, you're about to throw. <laughs> Sorry if you could see. He just coughed about to spit out my coffee. <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes I wish this was a video. Hallmark shattering <laughs> records during COVID Christmas. <laughs> this is a, this is going to be a great show. We got some media people on. Here. Well, that's what I was talking about. So many people, are, and you ruined my yeah. intro. <laughs> <laughs> but there is so many people tuning in, obviously, to Hallmark, but also many Christmas movies, many shows. I know the British Bacon show is pretty big on Netflix, and they do a Christmas version of that. You have no idea what I'm talking about, do you? British Bacon, is that the clip you sent me a couple weeks ago from, from some show in UK? <laughs> Oh, boy, uh, just Google it, Chuck, just Google all right, all right. it. Uh, it's one of the most watched TV shows on Netflix, but don't worry about it. But, yeah. um, but listen, this time of year, people are tuning into TV and hopefully tuning into podcasts and things like that. Make sure you are sharing this podcast to subscribe. people. Subscribe. Make sure you're subscribing so you don't miss an episode. We have got some incredible episodes coming up. Some people that um, normally we wouldn't be able to talk to if... Really, everyone had got into Zoom, right? And we we're sure. able to now connect with so many people. Yep. Yep. So that is is one of the things that we've got coming up. Yeah, I mean, our last episode of the year, you're it's going to be it's going to be good. Yeah, it's yeah, gonna be good. Yeah. But, but this one, we're excited about this interview because um, we're going to talk a lot about media yeah. and the impact that media can have on a culture and the importance of having faith based content in the world. Yeah. So, um, Chuck, why don't you introduce? Uh, who we're going to be talking to. I mean, it. this is in, intriguing. You're going to hear some things and some some names will be dropped by the people that, we, that we're interviewing of who they work with. We've just, just touched Netflix. And to be honest, if it wasn't for these folks, there may not be much Christian content on Netflix. True, absolutely. So a lot of people are unfamiliar with Tim and Maureen Gray. But they have a company called Gray Media, and Gray Media has made a huge impact around the globe with faith and family content. So they are good friends of mine. They are such fun people. You're going to love them, and I, we had a great time talking to them. We did, we did. So we just want you to sit back and relax, grab a cup of coffee or hot chocolate, whichever you prefer this time of year, and uh, enjoy this interview. Well, we have some very special guests, Andy, on today's Revival Town podcast. These are really good friends of mine, Tim and Maureen Gray. They operate a company called Gray Media. I met them way back in the day. I'm sure we'll talk a little bit about that. But they have been to Rock Church several times for, for conferences, marriage conferences, ladies conferences, speakers, just really some of my very favorite people in the world. So I'm so glad that you just got to meet them and now yeah. everybody else gets to meet them. Yeah, we, we you have talked about this couple for, for uh, many months now. And uh, so why don't you introduce them to us, Chuck? And uh, it, this is going to be an exciting, exciting talk. I, I just know it. It is. Well, um, everybody meet Tim and Maureen Gray. Tim and Maureen, welcome to Revival Tom Podcast. So good to see you guys. Chuck, Andy, so nice to be here. And of course, Chuck, we have been friends with you and your family for so long. And congrats, first of all, on the podcast. We love the name. We love what you guys are doing. 
And you guys, of course, are right up our alley in media and very excited for the talk today. Yeah. Hello. <laughs> That's all I have to say. Hello. <laughs> Oh, well, I've known you guys. We were we were talking about this over the last um, oh, a few weeks ago, trying to figure out. But it's been um, 20 plus 20 some years that I think I met uh, met you guys back in the early 90s when I was working for an evangelist named Eastman Curtis. And I still remember the day Tim came into the office carrying a briefcase and um, like I asked, Who, who's that? And this is this is a media broker and you were helping. Um, get get Eastman on on television, and then you started working for the ministry, and we would travel together and break into hotel hot tubs together. That's that's wait that's, wait, 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 wait. You can't just throw that out there. Right? Right. What on earth have you just said? Yeah. Well, no, no, Andy. What the story was is that because we were traveling with the youth evangelist, the youth ministry. By the time we get back to the hotel every night. You know, it'd be so late, the hot tub would be closed. But if the door was closed, it just meant Chuck and I were going over the wall. So oh, that was it. Yes. <laughs> like, like good youth, youth ministers, youth pastors, breaking the, the rules. That's that's what we like to say. Yeah. Breaking the rules. You know, and it, Chuck, when you were you were just talking about uh, uh, knowing each other over 20 years and back work in television and things like that, it just reminded me that was definitely pre any of these television platforms from Netflix to anything. It was pre Facebook, pre Twitter, pre anything. It was back when there was pre internet. <laughs> pre internet. <laughs> exactly yeah. right. It was, it pre was pen and television. paper. <laughs> yeah, 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 exactly. We were still doing scrolls, I think, Andy. <laughs> except, for, except for you guys were in England were using uh, I think still rocks, weren't you? Like stone. <laughs> we still <laughs> well, are. So Andy, we would do these youth conventions all across the United States and Canada. And, um, we would roll in our road crew would roll in on Thursday and set up. Tim would fly in on Friday with Eastman. The convention would be Friday night, all day Saturday. And then we would usually stay in the host church and Eastman would speak on Sunday. So Saturday night when the convention was over and everything was torn down, Tim and I would just chill, sit and we would dream and talk about ministry and different you know visions and goals and, and it's so cool that um both of us are are doing what we wanted to do and what we felt god was calling us to do so it was really cool i look back it's actually more than 25 years ago so. you know what's crazy yeah. about all that so back then i used to do a youth music show on the local christian channel radio channel here in peoria called um house of faith and uh, that. and it was a Sunday night. It was like they allowed us for th- four hours to play whatever we wanted because it's normally pretty, uh, you know, not yeah. contemporary. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. So yeah. we, you know, this was back in the days when Switchfoot were just coming out and Delirious were coming out and Skillet were just starting and like and, and we were able to play it. But in the middle of the show, we would do the Eastman Curtis radio show. Uh, it was like a five-minute slot uh, that we would yeah. do. And uh, so it's crazy how all this, now I'm talking to yeah. the guys that were behind all that, which is crazy. It is crazy. And, you know, who was really involved with the radio program was an, Annette. That was one of, um, you know, she worked for the ministry as well, and she worked behind the scenes on the, on the radio show. And then, of course, Tim was the one that would get it on onto all the stations. So Amazing. 
anyway, cool stuff. So yeah, welcome. So let's talk. Let's talk about Gray Media because um, for our, our listeners, um, many of them are meeting you guys for the very first time. But I can guarantee they they may not be familiar with with you, but they are familiar familiar with um, your clients and people that you work with. Stephen Furtick, John Bevere, Planet Shaker, so many different people and and networks like Netflix and Hulu and and Amazon. So let's, why don't we begin? Why don't you introduce yourselves? Tell us who you are. And um, obviously you have, you have six kids and a bunch of grandkids and congratulations on your most recent um, additions to the family. But tell us a little bit about you and then let's get into gray media and talk about that. Okay. Well, Jim just hit my leg and said, you start with that because <laughs> I, I'm, if you notice in this conversation, I was a part of that whole Eastland thing or anything because I was home with six little kids. And so I was just, I was very much in the background. Um, so Tim and I have been married almost, um, almost 38 years. It feels like 380 years, but that's okay. It's been, it's been a challenge. It's been a God thing. It's been mm, brutal and beautiful. Um, and so we have six grown kids. Our oldest is almost 36 down to 24. We have seven grandkids. We just had new twins granddaughter, granddaughters, uh, four days ago. Um, and, uh, as long as I can remember media has been part of the ministry that God put on both of our hearts. We just didn't know it. Uh, I lived in Canada and, um, came to know the Lord when I was 16 years old and I was in a, in a tiny town in Canada and there really wasn't any church to, to go to. And so I would uh, watch Oral Roberts on Sunday morning. And um, that's how I started my Christian journey. And then I found out there was such a thing as a Christian university. And I couldn't believe it. I applied and I moved down to Tulsa, Oklahoma. And Tim's got a similar story that his family did not go to church. And his dad would watch Oral Roberts on Sunday mornings. And that's what led his family to come to know Christ and led them to the local church. And then Tim came on uh, to ORU. So that's where we met. And media has always just been a huge part of what we love. At first, it was what we love to do for entertainment, which um, I will get into that in a minute when Tim starts to talk about um, media. But um, we used to just love to go to movies together. We used to think, dream about telling good stories, just good stories that included the um, goodness of God and the power of the Lord in his um because he's a storyteller. That's a Jesus came. He came and he told stories. He told stories of the Father. He told stories to connect us to God's heart. He told the true story because the story had been um, hijacked and we were living out of a counterfeit story. And so that's part of our passion for media. And I think that's all I have to say for now. <laughs> so I can- See, it is people talk about, you know, reaching millions and, and things like that. But my life was changed and the trajectory was changed because Oral did come into our home via televangelist. And we experienced that. And so with that, we took the purpose behind what we do. We don't just go out trying to put people on television or the Internet or the web or podcast or whatever. But there's an actual purpose behind what we're doing. One of the things the Billy Graham organization did a study many, many years ago. And they realized that by the time somebody came forward at a Billy Graham crusade, it wasn't like they were just hearing the gospel for the first time for most people. On average, somebody was touched four to seven times 
mm. before they came forward at the Grand Crusade. It could be a praying grandmama. It could be watching somebody on television. It could be watching a friend. But it goes back to that whole thing when you look at soil is that, you know, everybody wants to harvest and they want to go out and, you know, preach the gospel or share the gospel at work or, or something like that and have somebody get saved. But it, when it really boils down to it, we realize that, first of all, the ground has to be tilled. Then somebody plants, somebody waters, and then the harvest comes. And at some point in our life, we may be a part of all four of those. But we have to be okay with that. And one of the things that Maureen had mentioned about story, okay, I love great sermons. There's no doubt about it, okay? But what I can tell you since I was a kid, I can tell you movie things. I can tell you stories of movies. I can tell you those kinds of things because they affect my life. They affect how I think and what I act and what I wear and what I do. It's that kind of influence that comes in. And people take that entertainment is such a bad thing. Mm-hmm. We don't think entertainment is a good thing at all. Or we think entertainment is a great thing. That is my segue to yeah. give a definition of entertainment, <laughs> <laughs> which I love. I love to do stuff because everything in this world has been hijacked by the distortion and the lies of the enemy. And so even when we talk about uh, entertainment, we, um, especially in the church, we use it as a negative term, as something that um, distracts, um, that amuses, that takes away from um, the, the seriousness of the time we're in or the sincerity of the gospel. But if we go back to the original um, definition of entertainment, it was a form of activity that held the attention and interest of an audience. It gave pleasure or delight. Um, it was developed specifically for the purpose of keeping an audience's attention through storytelling, through music, through drama, through dance. That sounds like the Bible to me. Mm. That sounds like what we live in. That's good. And um, the counterfeit of it came in and said, it's all about to distract. It's light. It's comedic. But really, um, it came in as a form of recreation. Entertainment is a form of recreation, which is recreation, which is the refreshment of one's soul. It's the act of restoring, and it gives strength. And so even in this, that we can start to um, take back what the enemy has lied to us about and what the enemy has stolen, because entertainment is part of who Jesus is. He came to hold our attention. Mm. He came mm. to tell a story. He came to bring um, freedom to our lives. He came to bring joy and that our joy would be full. He came to reveal the heart of the father, the heart of a father who is not a punishing father, who is not a um, hard taskmaster, but the heart of the father who is the originator of all things good. He is the originator of joy. He is the originator of every story that brings redemption into our life. And so we take it as um, there's a time to entertain. There's a time. People need refreshing. People need a recreation of their soul, a recreation of how they see God. And that's what Jesus came to do. And so we feel like we're partnering with, um, with the mission of Jesus to go into all the world and make disciples. That's awesome. If I could sum up before we move to the next question, what our company does in our mission statement yeah, yeah. is to know him and make him known through media. That's that simple. So let's let's dive into that a little bit with uh, media and how God has obviously wired you both um, to really reach the millions. And, <clears throat> you know, 
there's a lot of people like what uh, Chuck mentioned earlier, a lot of speakers that you see um, that, you know, preach and do amazing TV, amazing films. But people forget about the people behind that and how things get not just onto the airwaves, but the whole creative process of being able to um, create something. And, and to be honest with you, to create something that's good, yeah. right? Uh, it, it's been known for years that um, Christian stuff has had a bad rap because, to be honest, there's been veins of the Christian media that have done bad jobs of stuff, right? But uh, with what I've seen with what you guys do and the people you partner with, it's way beyond just throwing stuff out there. It's um, being intentional and being um, excellent without extravagance and being able to do it with excellence but not going so crazy that people are turned off by it, but it's, it's pure. Can you just explain, like, what that journey has been like and, and, and being behind the, behind the camera, behind everything. You see what happens on stage or on film, but the guys behind everything. Tell us a bit about what that world is like. Sure. Be, be happy to. It's a great question, Andy. Um, if we go back to many years ago when we first got into it, the whole, even with Oral Roberts, and absolutely dearly love Oral, loved him. But he was a televangelist. And the way televangelists used to work is they used to have to pay to be on television. If you saw them on CBS, ABC, NBC, or even a Christian television network, which you know, kind of launched more into the 70s, they would have to buy that airtime, and it's very, very expensive. Right. And that actually created the televangelist because if they're out spending millions of dollars, then they've got to always – the person that they're ministering to, they've got to come back at the end going, hey, tuck in that love offering, support me so I can continue on, buy my book, and things like that because it was a very expensive process. You know, when people have, have said to me that, that, oh, I hate you know those manipulative televangelists, and I travel an awful lot, my wife and I do, and I tell them, I said, I guarantee you, I hate manipulative televangelists more than nuts with people. <laughs> because, I, because there's a lot of greatness in it. Right. But what happened is the way, the way media used to be, it used to be like an infomercial, is that you see the Ginzu knives where somebody had to buy on television. So that kind of drove the programming, okay? Yeah. Back all the way, Chuck, when we sat in the spa, my wife and I had, had a dream that someday, someday that a program could be created and get on the air, if you will, because it's a great program, mm. not because they have to buy on that. That's good. What now happened is it's, it's now transitioned into this to where when you have the platforms like, like Netflix or Amazon or Apple and, and even podcasts that you can get on, it doesn't have to be driven by the dollar. It can be, it can be driven because it's great, great content. About eight years ago, we started hosting a panel at Sundance Film Festival called Faith in Film, right? Yeah. Through that, um, I met one of the heads of Netflix, one of the senior executives of Netflix. And he said, hey, next time you're in L.A., I'll give you a tour when you're out here, but we're not looking for another aggregator to, to bring content to it. I said, great. I'm coming to L.A. next week because I'm coming to Netflix. <laughs> so what was supposed to be a, a, a what was supposed to be a 30-minute meeting turned into a three-and-a-half-hour meeting, and here's why. Let me get into the business side of it, if I could. 
Netflix is, as you guys have read, it's valued at well over a hundred billion dollars. Now their market cap and things like that, they're far bigger than time Warner and everything that's been around, you know, 80 years or more because they're reaching the world. And what Netflix has to do or any other platform is one, they have to meet the needs of their current subscribers with content and two, for their stock, they have to grow. In order to do that, they have to include all kinds of content. There's big, you know, controversy with cuties now and things like that, yeah. but their ratings are still going up because of it. So what it is, is they're trying to include content. With that, they have to reach this faith and family audience, okay? Yeah. Now, they won't necessarily take all the preaching and things like that, so they have to include that faith and family audience because we're a loyal niche, we're a worldwide niche, and we're a niche that has to be included in that. So what that did is it allowed that door to be cracked and to be opened is that we now can take this faith and inspirational faith and family content to it. The other side, too, if I can answer this, Andy, to help answer that question, what we're big believers in is that you don't have to just go in and drive that salvation message at the end of every film or story. Right. You can plant that seed. You can till that ground. So not every story has to be with somebody repenting at the end. You can leave somebody on a cliffhanger. You can leave a story at the end that 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 somebody leaves broken yeah. and hurting and searching mm -hmm. that, that drives something and plants something in there. So that's why we work with all kinds of content because we want to make it to where we're stirring somebody up. So we try to take out what people call cheesy, right, which oh, yeah. they hate cheesy as well. But we want to tell a fantastic story, no matter how it ends. Yeah. So what are, what are some of the things, you know, you've mentioned Netflix. Let, let's, let's just pause there a bit. Going on that journey from that meeting, what were the next steps? What were the next things that you had to uh, really stoke, uh, obviously pray about, but also really... Like, okay, how do we get good content on Netflix? Tell us a bit. About One that. is that we, we, we had to go find it. We had to go get it. But here's what it allowed to. And this, this, and it's been a journey. And that's a great question. It's been a journey. Because now that there's an outlet out there that somebody can actually get paid, okay, for having great content which is not paid to make money. What we believe in is it's getting paid so you can go create more content. Now that there's an outlet, we can tell these producers that have been having great visions and dreams and wanting to produce great stuff, going, you go produce it, we've got outlets that'll, that'll take it. We can't guarantee it, but we can guarantee we can get you in front of the decision makers. Let me tell you one of the, the films. There was a, a, a film that came out years ago called Holy Ghost. You remember that? It was a documentary? Yes. It was called Holy Ghost. But it had the lead singer of the uh, punk rock or rock band Corn in it. Okay, yeah, yeah. So we got the rights to that film, and I hesitated to take it to Netflix strictly on the title of Holy Ghost. Okay, we presented it to Netflix, and it was one of the fastest deals that they scooped it up. Wow. Uh, first of all, the quality wasn't great. In fact, in many ways, people would say it sucked. <laughs> the audio was bad. Like That's what that. you said when I pitched my idea to you. Come on, man. <laughs> <laughs> no, but but what happened was this, and this this proved a couple of points to us as well. The quality doesn't have to be the best. Okay, the title 
surprise me uh, because it's titled Holy Ghost. But yet the story was fantastic. Yeah. It was about the lead singer of Corn. how, you know, it, it wasn't like the guys on Netflix were going, hey, let's just go, you know, preach the gospel and save the world. How this guy's life got turned around, they scooped that thing up so fast wow. because it was the story that drove it. That's so good. Yeah, connected people connected yeah. with it and connected with people Brian Hill. So. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, so... So it was absolutely, absolutely great from that standpoint. But it goes back to what Maureen was saying earlier. It's the story. Now, we do believe in great quality. Okay. I want the audio to be great. I want great quality. But that's not absolutely the driving factor. In fact, flip side, we've had stuff brought to us where the quality is absolutely fantastic. They've spent $10 million on a production and things like that. But the story isn't there. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't get up. And you've got to have a competition of the both. You know, it's so interesting that you said that because during this pandemic, there was a, a season where all churches had to go online and some had great quality, some had poor co- quality. But the bottom line was this. People wanted to be able to participate in an online service, in an online community. They wanted to be able to worship. They weren't wrapped up into the quality. They just wanted to belong. So I, I love that. There's so many things out there that have big budgets and the story um, is weak, but then there's stuff that the quality is not the greatest, but the story is so good. It just sucks you in and you don't care. You know, one of the things that is, that is great now, I believe what the devil is meant for evil, God will turn for good. There's more of a hunger now for media. We've been busier this year in our company than we probably have the last five years combined. Wow. As far as gaining content and working and getting ministries on. And when I talk about, you know, we talk about selling stories for films and things like that. We're still working with great preaching, Elevation Worship, Stephen Furtick, John Bevere. We're getting some of those messages out there on, on some major platforms. And the doors are open there. But we're finding now, you know, we're just getting calls almost daily where people are wanting to create shows or tell stories and things like that. I think it's going to tr- change the trajectory of the church. Let me even, Andy, answer this question in in a little bit deeper way. We did, Maureen and I, 1996, we did the very first, what our our understanding is, the very first live Christian internet broadcast. We did Washington for Jesus Mm. in 1996. I forgot about that. We worked with Mark Cuban and his company. And that was back in the day when churches weren't on the internet, nobody was live streaming. But we went in and had a vision to do live streaming, and Mark Cuban worked with us. He had a company called AudioNet where he was doing sports, and he made Washington for Jesus the event of the day. And just that crack opens the door to now, you know, people are streaming, and, you, you know, you think a church is weird if they don't stream. Right. I, I got to say this. We went around telling, um, asking pastors um, if we could come in and, and stream their services, and um, – 99% of pastors at that time said, no, that's not what the internet's for. The internet's for porn. Mm. And so wow. they stayed away from it. And so there was, it was um, a frustrating thing for us to go to try to um, break through that, that cultural divide. That we have this idea in the church that we have these choices. We either uh, condemn culture or um, we conform to culture. And so the church is kind of split, but we're called to create culture. Mm, that's good. And right now, in this time, in this season, the way to create culture 
is through media because it goes over the airwaves and it goes into every part of the world and the earth and people connect through the medium of um through this medium called media this is how we connect so this is a place that the church can come in and instead of condemning culture or conforming to it we can come in we are given the opportunity and actually the mandate to create culture yeah you know, you know my uh my son is out in Los Angeles um, and is a part of Mosaic Church, uh, which Erwin McManus. Oh, yes. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah, he's the, the senior pastor there, and uh, Clay has got involved with their creative and got to know a lot of the, the guys out there. Even during the pandemic, he, I feel a bit sorry for him. He moved out there to really be a part of this community, and he moved out two weeks before the pandemic hit. <laughs> so, <laughs> so he gets there and he hasn't been to a, a church service. He has in the past, but not since he's moved there. But uh, he That's is funny. a claim. My, my son is a great networker. He knows how to uh, connect with people. And he's connect with Aaron McManus and a few of the other guys there. And I always remember Erwin. Uh, he wrote a book called Artisan Soul. And it was all about the, the creatives being able to create because the creator wants us to create. And, uh, and his whole uh, thought on that book was that God has given us something to partner with him on to be able to impact the world. And, uh, mm -hmm. and that's exactly what you guys are doing uh, through not only the, the church platforms with all these different speakers and churches that you're you're working with but also through netflix that is amazing um what are some of the things you're working on what are some of the you know um yeah and what are some of the films um that people are familiar with like i know like, yeah. you guys um work kind of behind the scenes with helping get god's not dead um out of the air yeah yeah we, we did god's not dead one and two we didn't do three and four and i'm glad <laughs> that's just personal opinion <laughs> 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 uh, by, the, by, the, by the time it came there it was God still not dead God still not dead again and I'm like oh good lord God, God's not dead one and two but, but, but here's what's very very interesting with God's not dead we worked with God's not dead and heaven is for real and things like that back in the day and that was when Hollywood came out with a, an article called Hollywood the Year of the Bible. That's actually those two films that we worked with is what opened the door for Sundance Film Festival to open up a panel to us. Wow. Uh, from there, we started doing a panel at South by Southwest because of that as well. So even even the big secular uh, uh, film festivals, you know, have opened the door there. So we worked we worked with some of those films, Holy Ghost. Um, there's more now than films. The platforms are, are really wanting episodic series, right? Yeah. And so with episodic series, because they've created the whole binge watching and they want people to binge watch and they want something even from a secular standpoint. One of our daughters uh, works for Disney television in 20th TV is that, that they want stuff that's episodic series so they can do season one, season two, season three, yeah. rather than spend millions of dollars promoting one film and one story right. is we want something that's episodic. One of the neat things we're working with is uh, even the 72 USC Trojans. It's going to be a, a episodic series with developed as a, 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 a one-off documentary. And the platforms wanted it into an episodic series. It's on the first really interracial big collegiate team 
They win 17 and 0 with a uh, black quarterback by the name of Jimmy Jones. Fantastic story. Mm-hmm. Absolutely fantastic story. But I will tell you, <laughs> that's a project that got brought to us. You know, when we started it, we thought, boy, we're just going to put preachers on and ministries or whatever. And now we're able to tell sports stories like the 72 USC Trojans. Just a fantastic story. Um, we have a television series we're working on. It's really not faith-based, but we love the story. It's on the American opioid crisis. Mm. Um, there's another series that we just launched on Amazon Prime. Uh, it's called Healthy Long Life. Fantastic series. It was financed by some cancer research doctors. They say it's one thing to live a long life. It's another thing to live a healthy long life, right? Mm. These things open the doors that when we come in, are you familiar with uh, Pastor Samuel Rodriguez? Yes. Yep. Uh, these, uh, we represent Pastor Samuel Rodriguez. We just uh, uh, got an open door to put him on Apple television. Wow. And the reason is, is that he, um, uh, of course, heads up the National Hispanic Christian Leaders Coalition with over 42,000 churches. Um, but it's programs like we represent the Texas Trophy Hunters, not faith-based at all. It's a bunch, of, a bunch of great deer hunters, but they tell stories about veterans and stuff like that. But it's those Trojan horse programs that help open the door for Samuel Rodriguez to come. Right, mm-hmm. and his program will be a preaching program. That's the kind of thing that excites us. So when we talk about different films, you know, we could rattle off a lot of the ministries we work with, but it's some of those those stories. The other thing that, that's really opening up to us too, which is very exciting to me, we've always been involved internationally. That's been our heart, right? Is that we're working with a lot of international ministries that won't even be known in the United States, but they're known all throughout Europe and Africa. Asia is opening up because these platforms in particular, they got to sell more subscriptions mm, yeah. and they want to sell in the U.S. And when Tim says they're not necessarily faith-based, everything though that we do take has a redemptive um, story to it. It's, whether it's about uh, uh, deer hunters, there's always a, there always ends up being a story of the hand of God in that within that story. Healthy, long life. Um, it is, it opens up, one of them opens up with a dad and a son playing to catch together. And that dad was diagnosed with cancer. He wasn't going to live. And through, um, through prayer and through, um, nutrition and all of this, he actually, um, is not only alive and well, but he has started now at an orphanage, um, over in India. So everything we say, even when we're saying they're Trojan horse, they might not be direct preaching programs. But they are programs that have bring redemptive solutions yeah. to this earth. So good. Yes. Like like you were saying, um, planting seeds, watering the seeds. Um, there's so mm-hmm. much planting going on through through what you do. And it's um, it's just phenomenal. It really is to see where we're at and how media has changed and um, the opportunity that is available now to get into people's life every day. I mean, everybody has their phone every day. Everybody's streaming mm-hmm. this and that. So what you do is so vital. And so we're so grateful for people like you. Oh, man. So- One of the things, too, that we don't shy away from is bold messages. We don't expect everybody to like every program or, or every ministry or every sermon or anything. I think if you do, you're doing something wrong. I like a program or a story. Even the message is going to make an opinion. If somebody's going to have a bold opinion about it, they're either going to love it or they're going to hate it. But I want them to have an opinion about it because then they're going to get involved and they're going to remember it and it's going to stir somebody up. 
you know, you take a message or you take a movie that you watched a week ago or a TV show. It's like, what was that about? What was that? What was that message about two weeks ago? I can't think about it. If it didn't stir you, it wasn't bold enough for me. I want something that's, that, that's going to stir a story and, 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 you know, you don't expect everybody to like everything. So, so let me ask you a question. What is somebody like you, you have your own media company, you're responsible for so much faith and family content. Um, what's your opinion of The Chosen? Oh, <laughs> I love The Chosen. I've watched it. I've watched every episode of that first season um, four to five times, every single episode, because every single uh, time I watched it, I got something more out of it. Something more was revealed. Um, I love it because it took um, it took the principles of Jesus and the concepts of Jesus that we're so used to preaching about, we're hearing those stories, and we connected with the person of Jesus mm-hmm. and his heart and his character, and made it made um, Peter real and Peter's struggles real, and um, brought humor into it. Like whoever thought that that Jesus would um, kind of be, oh, you'd appreciate this, Andy. I'm from Canada, so I know these words. Um, <laughs> that Jesus would kind of be cheeky. Oh, yeah. That Jesus cheeky. would kind of be like that. <laughs> yeah. So um, th- those kinds of things is like, uh, or just taking time with, with the children, or I'll never, I'll never read the story of the wedding at Cana the same again. I'll never read it the same again because I visually saw something that I'd never seen as I sat and read it. Yeah. It brought Jesus to a, a place of, um, yes, he is the son of God, yeah. but it also brought into that him to that place of the human connectedness. Yeah. And that when he cut himself and he, he, the healer, he, God of the universe, wrapped, had to, had to cleanse and um, dress his own wound. And it's like, we get so inspired by things that, um, by victories and miracles and all this, but we connect yeah. with struggle. And it brought a struggle of even mm. the walk that Jesus had mm-hmm. for these three and a half years, brought a struggle where it, uh, he really was. He really did come for me. He really does know the temptations I face. He really is the God that he says that he is. Amen. Yeah. I love the chosen. Yeah. We're, I'm going on the set of it. I'm going on the set of it. We've been invited. I'm going. Yes. Oh, oh take me with you. I, so we just finished. <laughs> we just. We just. I'm serious. No. <laughs> we just finished an eight week series where we unpacked each episode um, over eight weeks and showed clips, and Great. that's the power of media. And, and thanks to people like you, have kind of helped pave the way for people like Dallas Jenkins. Yeah, and Chuck just wanted to. To jump in there, there may be some people that, especially not in the U.S., that are listening and thinking, "What is the chosen?" Um, can you just unpack it real quick about what and how they can watch it? Because it's it's free, right? It, people it can watch free. it. I mean, you can you can YouTube it, but they have their own app. It's called the Chosen app, so people can can watch it that way. And people have already paid it forward to be able to to watch each episode for free. But uh, mainly through the app or through YouTube, Pure Flix, um, it's available on that platform. But it's an eight. Well, for season one, eight episodes that unpack the life of Christ. And in the show, the, you know, like Maureen was saying, I think what draws people in is the, the stories. 
and the human side of Jesus that we haven't witnessed on film before. So that's been, for me, what has just sucked me in is there, every time in the past I've watched a movie or show about the life of Christ, there is this reverence about it, and there should be, but it lacks the human side. Mm. There's not that emotional connection, and The Chosen does such a great job of, of connecting the, the viewer with with Jesus, right? I mean, uh, yeah, it's brilliant. Yeah. It's brilliant. I could go on and on about the woman <laughs> at the well. I could just go on and on about it. It's just, it's brilliant. Yeah, and you know brilliant. what? One of great about it is then you have millions of people talking about it, right? You have millions of people talking about this this episodic series called the jo- the Chosen. Which, what does that do? That's driving a million people to talk about Christ and his character. Is that real? I don't know. Let me study it and see. Well, it's different. And somebody may disagree with it. But what is it doing? They're talking about our Lord. Talking They're about talking Jesus. about And it's, it's planting seeds. And they're driving. Yes, yes, that's it. Diving into scripture and, 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 and things like that. That's, that's why I, I think it's beautiful. And it's things like The Chosen, where millions go and watch and talk about it. All it does is continue to raise the water, like in a harbor, every boat rises. Yeah. And so you get all of a sudden all these platforms going, okay, we need content like that. Yeah. And then it allows producers and creators to go create content like that, you know? And, and if I could encourage people that are listening to your podcast, that they've got a vision or wanting to go create something, <laughs> it's not hard today. You've got computers, you've got iPhones. Go create your story. Go tell your story. Go create it because you can put it out there and let it grow. And just because of Netflix doesn't mean they're, you know, doesn't, if they don't take it today, doesn't mean they're not going to take something in the future. Yeah, that's good. Well, that's how, um, Tim, how can people connect with you guys? Like, um, yeah, well, our, our website. website is, sure, it's Gray Media, G-R-A-Y, uh, media.tv for dot .television, graymedia.tv. And my email is just Tim at graymedia.tv. Happy to talk to anybody, look at their projects and, and things like that. Um, also to a lot of people will come to us with a story, right? Like, Oh, I've got an idea. Um, and that's great. But others will come and they've gone and shot something and they've written something and they've gone out there and decided that's, that's at least a step forward. You know, I encourage that as well. You don't just have to wait till somebody comes and, you know, write you a check for half a million bucks to go try to create your television series. Take those steps. I can tell you where we're at today. It's because we took steps that God put in our heart and put in front of us. When we did the Sundance Film Festival, it was never even in our radar that we would be working with these major platforms. But it was taking that step of that vision. And when at first we took the idea to the president of Sundance Film Festival about doing a panel called Faith in Film, uh, he goes, not a fit, not a fit. And I was like, oh, I mean, we had this vision we could just see this thing at Sundance with Robert Redford and talking about God and faith and film and John Cooper who was the president who we knew he just goes Tim like you like your wife just not a fit for us okay well a few months later God's Not Dead came out at the box office did in like 66 million at the box office mm-hmm. a few months later heaven is for real 93 million at the box office my phone rings and it was John Cooper and goes, okay, let's do this thing. <laughs> Come on, man. Oh, so good. But when, Tim says, but when Tim says, you know, um, we he presented this to John Cooper and he said, not a fit, but Tim goes, okay. It wasn't okay. Tim kept going after John Cooper. He never let John Cooper forget that we really wanted to do this faith in film panel. And a lot of 
honestly, we got some backlash from a lot of Christians because of how a liberal and how anti, um, uh, anti-God, a lot of stuff that goes, you know, that was presented at Sundance, that why would we go into that place? What better place to take light into darkness? Mm, how point. else do we go yeah. and, and create culture? And that's, that's not saying that people have a conviction to not do that. If, that, if God takes them in that other direction to form their own film festivals, that's awesome. This world and people... There's enough room for all of us. But Tim and I really feel a passion to go in where it is dark, to go in where the light has not been shown, where the truth of God is not known. And actually, the counterfeit and the lie of the enemy is being um, exalted and to say, here, here's who our God is. And so that's just a passion that we have. And then when we did it, I didn't have faith for it. Like, I, we were going to, we're doing this. And so we set it all up. We're going to do this um, big, you know, yay, we got permission to go do this film uh, panel. They put us right up against Robert Redford's film panel. So it's like, ah, oh, nobody's going to come to us. They don't even know us. Let's go see Robert Redford. I'm like, oh, that's typical. That's what people always do to Chris. <laughs> and, so, and so we still kept going with it. And one of my daughters was helping us do it. And I said to her, okay, we'll get this started. You make reservations because if nobody shows up, we're going for dinner. We're leaving Tim to stand there by himself in embarrassment. We're not going to do it. Oh, and so I didn't even have faith for it. And we had standing room only. We had to turn people away. Wow. That's God. God is faithful mm. when we, are, we, we don't even believe. But just take that step. God is, God is on the move. His desire is to win the world for himself. So just do it. If it's in your heart yes, to do it, yes. continue to do it. Well, we're going to have you guys pray for our, for our listeners in just a moment, especially for those that have a story in their heart and they have a dream to share that story. But first, I just got to say how much uh, I love you guys, and I've been able to, to just watch you from a, from a distance and up close for, for the last 25-plus years. And what I love about you running with the vision that God has burned in your heart is that you don't compromise. You love Jesus. You love people. You, you don't quit. And because of that, God has opened up doors for you. And we could do a whole podcast on celebrities that you have met, Tim, and the people you run into. And But what I love about that is I believe God really, he opens those doors because he knows you really care about them as people and you're willing to speak into their life and you're willing to share the Lord. You're willing to just stop what you're doing and pray with somebody. So uh, I just want to say thank to both of you. Love you both. I'm so inspired by both of you. I know I said it already. I'm going to say it again. You're some of my very favorite people in the world. And I would love for you to pray for our, our listeners, those people that have something burning in their heart. And now you have stoked um, and you have stoked those uh, those embers and, man, fired them up to get out there and do what God's called them to do. Awesome. Hey, I'm going to ask Maureen to pray. She's so passionate about prayer and freedom ministry and all that she's doing. That's <laughs> hey, a whole other podcast. We're going to have but... Maureen back on the podcast. We're going to talk about freedom ministry. That's, that's coming soon. Got, yeah, coming soon. Yeah. A special eight-hour she... podcast. <laughs> <laughs> and you'll get in maybe two questions. Talking about series, it's going to be the, the Freedom Series podcast with Maureen Gray. <laughs> it's going to be an episodic series. you got season one, two, and three already lined up. But Maureen, uh, as far as even for our family and stuff like that, I just value her prayers and her heart for God. And so I just want her to pray for the people. Sure. Thank you. All right. 
<clears throat> well, Father, we just come before you. We just stepped into your presence, knowing that we are welcome, that you that you have um, invited us to come boldly before your throne of grace. I thank you, Lord, for Chuck and for Andy and for this um, podcast. I thank you, Lord, that it's, it's called Revival Town. I pray revival, Lord. I pray the things that have have died off, the things that are dormant, I pray they come to life again as the breath of, of the Holy Spirit just floods um, people as they listen to this podcast. I thank you, Lord, there's nothing outside of your reach to be able to do. I thank you, Lord God, that you are the restorer of all things, that you are the one that goes back and, and gathers up the lost and the broken and the stolen dreams. The disappointments do not do not stop you from fulfilling the longings of our hearts. I thank you, Lord God, that even now as people are hearing this, that that, that more than about story or about media, that, that a dream would come to life in their heart, that, God, that they would see who you are. Lord, that they would remember that you are good, that they would remember that you called them, that they would remember that you framed them. And Lord, if there's anybody listening that doesn't know that, that doesn't know that they're chosen by you, that they have been chosen and purposed before the foundations of the earth, Lord, would you ignite that in their heart, that they would be able to go, I am not rejected. I am not forgotten. I am not ignored, but I am chosen by the creator of the universe, that he loves me, not just the world, but he loves me and he sees me. And I thank you, Lord God, that through the power of media, we will speak your name across the airwaves. We will speak your name, your story. We will sing your, your praises. We will sing of your love. We will sing of your goodness and it will go into all the earth. And Lord God, that we will see a great revival in this land. Lord, that it is scary right now for a lot of people. There's a lot of fear. There's a lot of confusion. There's a lot of unknown. There's a lot of darkness, Lord. But you are not afraid of the darkness because you are the one who came and hovered over the darkness. And you brought order to the chaos. And you spoke into the atmosphere. And you said, let there be light. And there was. So we declare that right now in light of what we're doing in media in light of what you put in people's hearts, but in their own individual lives, Lord, that you hover over the darkness in their life, over the fear and the confusion and that the, the storms of their life, you hover and you bring order into every bit of chaos and you speak life and light. And so it will be. We thank you, Lord, and we give you praise and honor and glory. And I thank you, Lord, that you blessed us and you blessed Andy above anything that they could actually imagine. Lord God, that you answered the prayers. I keep praying this for Chuck. You answered the prayers he no longer prays. And I thank you for it. What an honor. What a privilege. We love you in Jesus' name. And Chuck, if I could say this word um, to people that are listening and to you guys as well. Don't let a no be a no that God's put inside your heart. When you go back to great stories that were told, even Harry Potter, I think it was J.K. Rowling's, got turned down by 12 publishers before the 13th picked her book up. When Sylvester Stallone took Rocky 1, not Rocky 13, 
The Rocky won to studios. He got turned down by every major studio. Mark Burnett got turned down by every network for Survivor. And American Idol got turned down by every network um, before it ever got picked up. Wow. So don't let it know. That's good. Be a no if God's put a dream inside That's good. Your and I know we don't have time to share the story, but um, we share a little bit of it in my book, 41 Will Come. You guys are so gracious to, to, to be willing to share your story uh, with me. But Gray Media was a result of you getting fired from a media company, correct? I mean, and uh, you could have quit yeah. and thrown in the towel, but that's how Gray Media was birthed. So don't quit. Yes. <laughs> well, we have some questions. We're going to have some fun here for a couple minutes. Um, every podcast, we do something called the Big Three. So um, are you guys ready? I think. <laughs> All right. Here's, here's, was, that the first, was that the first question? Yeah, that was, yeah, that was okay. First question. Got two more. First question. Comedy or thriller? Which do you like the most? Thriller. Oh. Comedy. 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 Okay. All right. All right. All right. We got a house yeah, divided, yeah. but that's fine. That's fine. How about a how about a thriller that's also a comedy? Oh, there's a lot of yeah. No, I've lived that. That's my life, Jack. Uh, okay, yeah. All right, question number two. Um, what is your favorite microwavable food? Easy for me, popcorn. Hey, hey, that, yeah. You're going to sit down and watch your, your latest series, Cobra Kai. Okay. I popcorn no more <laughs> <laughs> my favorite microwavable food is um, macaroni and cheese. Okay, is is a is one? Uh, if you could be an animal, which animal would it be? Go ahead. Mine is would always be a bird. Mm. Okay. Mm. Hey. Yep. Good. T- t- for the first one come to mind for me and i don't even know why but be a tiger mm, okay okay all right okay i would be a hummingbird i even have a tattoo of a hummingbird <laughs> i love hummingbirds but i got a lot i got a whole series on um, a hummingbird if anybody ever wants to hear it <laughs> <laughs> that's funny uh tim i'll start calling you the tiger king yeah <laughs> <laughs> oh man you guys are great well i just want to thank you guys for being with us today uh taking time out of your very busy schedules uh to be able to to uh talk to us uh just peel back a little bit the into the world of media uh obviously there is good and bad and what you guys are doing are bringing like you mentioned light into the darkness and so we we thank you for that we thank you for being on the podcast and people listening make sure you check out uh everything that they are doing and uh again thank you for being with us today yes thank you guys love you look forward to having you back in peoria soon hey andy aren't they fun oh what an interview what an interview i mean You know, I I talked about it in the interview about the people behind the scenes that are making this stuff happen. It's okay having a great preacher or a great film, but if you haven't got anyone that can go and advocate for that film to someone like a Netflix or Prime, then it's just a film that's going to sit on a shelf. Yep, absolutely. And I'm so glad that God has people like Tim and Maureen who are willing to advocate for Christian content. 
and um, they've done just that, and it's been phenomenal. So yeah, so good, man. So oh, good. Man. So yeah. Now the creatives, um, you know, we talked about the creatives um, have many avenues to be able to uh, do things. Yep. We are going to go into a special Tate and his mate. Now, you may not know what that song is, but that's an English band called Slade, and I listened to that song. Slayer? Slade. <laughs> oh, Merry Christmas! Merry Christmas! <laughs> oh, man. Uh, but I heard that song every Christmas growing up, so... Uh, I need I closed caption when I'm talking to you. Yeah, <laughs> sorry, mate, sorry. Yeah. Oh, so today... I thought we would stay within the, the creative realm of Tate and his mate. You want to explain what Tate and his sure, mate Tate is? Sure, Tate and his mate is Andy and I. Are, well, Andy, who is from the UK, is going to give me a British word that's slang that's popular in England, but not here in America. So I am unfamiliar with these words, but I need to guess... The meaning yes. of these words. Yes. And so far, I have not done very well. <laughs> no, I haven't fared very well. So. No, no, no. Okay, you ready for this one? I'm ready. Let's do it. Pantomime. Pantomime. Yeah. Ooh, pantomime. Is that... Um, I might get this one. A pantomime is... Is this where... Like, if I was going to do a pantomime of an old Carmen song, then I would actually be acting it out? Somewhat, uh, okay. um, like uh, you know, um, like the song from way back in the day, "Witch's Invitation." Yeah, and if I were to do a pantomime, um, <laughs> okay, I, I don't know. I, I think I, that's called a mime. That's a mime. That's a mime or a lip sync <laughs> with act, acting out a song. Sorry, human video. That's what I. Okay, yeah, pantomime. Okay, pantomime. So let me tell you what a pantomime is. A pantomime is a theatrical. It's theatrical entertainment, mainly for children that involves music, topical jokes, slapstick comedy, and based on a fairy tale or nursery rhyme, nursery story, and it's produced around Christmas. So let me try and put this into context. When you were a kid in England. From middle of November all the way through into the middle of January, as a family, you could go to a pantomime. Ah. And they would be done at local um, uh, theatres. And they would take something like um, Cinderella. And there would be celebrities that would be guest appearance in it. And they would do it every night, maybe two or three times a day. Matinees and at night. Okay, yeah. And um, you would Going pay to the theatre for the pantomime. For the pantomime. And, and it would be slapstick comedy. Oh, wow. And, but there would always be a celebrity or two there that would draw you to go and watch it. And so uh, it's, it's part of English culture. How fun. Uh, the pantomime, which has yeah. nothing to do with a Carmen song. <laughs> nothing to do with a Carmen song, but comedy nonetheless. <laughs> Well, if I was doing a pantomime of a Carmen song, it would be... I actually used to do... I used to call them pantomimes, but apparently I was way off. But I used to do these human videos <laughs> yeah, yeah. way back in the day as a youth pastor, even even when I was in high school. And I um, I would actually... So I bought... <laughs> it was cheap. So instead of buying a real smoke machine, I looked in the want ads of the newspaper, and I bought this 
smoke machine for like $80. I got ripped off and it produced smoke, but it also made this horrible noise. And I'm going to, I'm going to demonstrate for you. Okay. You would flip on the smoke machine and it would go. start pouring out people would be going what is going on and then i would come out in the smoke to do this pantomime and lip sync the song and i I didn't even have all the song memorized some of the times it was bad oh man oh man well i I guarantee i'd rather go to a pantomime in england yeah i I, I don't think that's what a pantomime is in england so um but but hey now the the key is this will be a harder one but for people to use that word pantomime in the next week in a conversation, just somewhere. And please just, just email us at revivaltownpodcast at gmail.com and tell us how that goes. Yes, yes. <laughs> so, well, we have had an amazing show today. And uh, so we have got something lined up next week. You don't want to miss next week, but make sure you are tuning in to next week. But Chuck, thank you again for doing the podcast with me. Hey, thank you, man. It's been fun. It I'm is. looking forward to many We're more. Just getting started here. So again, thank you for listening. Make sure you're sh- following us on social media. Write make, a review. Write a review. Make sure you're subscribing and, and share. Whenever you see something with uh, Revival Town Podcast uh, on social media, share it so that we can get uh, more people listening to enjoy what we're doing. Uh, It's fun, it's crazy, some serious moments, but also we just want to bring a bit of lightheartedness to this world at this time. So thank you again for listening. See you next week. Thank you for listening to this episode of Revival Town Podcast. Make sure you're following us on social media and remember to subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. For more information, head on over to RevivalTownPodcast.com. Revival